and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of Vlogcast started as a combination. Fight the Streisand effect because I got one of my original co-hosts back! Yay! Yeah, it's gonna be one of I'm gonna try not to fanboy. Part oh, of this part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. Hi, I am your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble, and you can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi, good to be back. And like I said, yeah, there's a reason why this has worked out this way. Rejoining us from points unknown, otherwise known as the stampede capital of North America. Y'all can figure it out later. Dallin has finally got the chance to be back with us, because I basically begged. Basically. Good to have you back, man. Hi. Uh, it's good to be back. And yeah, I, I, I still think of uh, you, you talk about points unknown in the Stampede Capital. And one thing I did hear this week from a Canadian it's Alberta. It's like Texas, except our power stays on when the weather gets cold. Consistently. Let's, yeah. let's make sure that we add consistent. Important. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. So, hi, everybody. Yeah, it is just the two of us at the moment. Now, how this is playing out is we know full well that Joey is typically working on, you know, at this point in the night on the weekend. So, obviously, can't really have him. If things change, he's always got a spot back, just the way that it is. Bridget is out traveling. Already called me tonight and said, I've got a laptop, but I've got it right up next to the Wi-Fi router, and it doesn't want to work nice with Discord, and, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be... Hun, I didn't expect you to be here this week anyway. Get off my goddamn phone. I'm out with friends. Which actually ended up being a, a really nice dinner tonight. So, you know, kind of fill you guys in on that in a little. Uh, Unrenowned Tech, I... I, th I think he's going to be spending time uh, with, well, we'll just say with, so, you know, to be expected. And Joseph, well, Joseph's got stuff going on because, you know, he he's in the future. That's kind of the way that he's busy. Way that it is. Um, before I go on and introduce the rest of whoever is listening in and typing in over there, I want to remind you, before we go any further than this, this is a Power of Ten episode. There will be no filters as far as we're concerned. So if you should not be listening to this show at this time, for whatever reason, because of content of what could be said, at this point, please either fast-forward to the next episode, listen to an old episode, donate money to us over on Patreon, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, that's perfectly fine, because from this point on, you've been fucking warned. There you go. And uh, just for the record, I can neither confirm nor deny that the fact that this was a Power of Ten show uh, persuaded me to come back. <laughs> that's, that's perfectly fair. Always good. Over on the live chat at the moment, Stephanie, you made it, and good morning. It's good to, good to see you over there. Uh, don't know where Felis is. Um, Felis has been having a little bit of a, a problem trying to deal with Second Life. She's also got a similar situation with me doing Linux. 
and I don't know what the hell's been going on. It's been very unstable, so I'm kind of wondering if other things are being hinky. I don't like it when that happens, but generally speaking, usually with Linux, something just works, or it don't. There's very little in between a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, don't know, don't know what's going on. It's one of those things where at least if you know how to launch a program, you can reasonably easily find out what broke. But it's a matter of that. It's one of those things that's a bit of a pain in the ass. It is what it is. Wait, we'll, we'll see what happens. I have decided tonight that I have a couple of things because. A, it is Super Bowl trademark weekend. I'm saying it that way because the NFL, the National Football League here in America, has decided that nobody is allowed to use the expression Super Bowl because copyright, trademark, money. So you're allowed to get away with saying things like the big game or come watch the game, but you can't say the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Whatever. So I've decided that in honor of the Buffalo Bills in the uh, in the Super Bowl this year, I went ahead and got myself a couple of cannoli. Oh, damn. Yes. There's only one small problem. The Buffalo Bills are not in the Super Bowl because they got... This was supposed to be our year. Okay, you look at how things played out. This was supposed to have been our, you know, that that whole single elimination thing. When you get down to the end of it all, you know what? Good. Whatever. Those of you that know Italian know full well exactly what just happened here. In it, those of you that are listening after the fact, just trust me when I say any Italian will know exactly what I just said, and it fits for a power of ten episodes. Item number two, and I kind of pulled Dallin a little. I have decided that tonight I'm going to be drinking a beer. A beer in an actual big glass bottle, 750 mils. Yeah, so it's like one of my wine bottles. This is Lindemann's apple, in parentheses, palm. I'm assuming that's... um, That's French. I'm, I'm assuming so. Lambic beer. Crisp, aromatic, apple-flavored, and character. Wild yeast, fermentation, exceptional complexity from Belgium. I have seen this on the shelf at uh, at my local uh, grocery store, which I'll, I'll name names, Wegmans. They're, they're a great, they're an absolutely wonderful company. And I'm not saying that because of anything other than they are a fabulous company. Uh, they've been on the uh, the Forbes uh, top 500 companies to work for. They've consistently been in the top 10 for like a long time. And there was one year they slipped to like 11. And everybody in the company was basically like, what the hell did we do wrong? Let's fix that. They were back in the top 10 the next year. <laughs> So, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a family owned company out of, uh, out of Rochester, New York. Uh, so, you know, they're, they are very, very good. They're employed. Uh, I've, I've never seen anybody having like a bad day. I will consistently check in on, you know, 
busy times with the the cashier and just you know doing okay with everything you know what i'm i'm, I'm... okay cool that's i i hear that those of us who have worked cashier desk know full well how insane it can get very quickly and very annoying boy do i have a story about that but i'll save it for now let's see oh that popped open without any kind of (gasps) okay for those of you that are wondering audio wise what just happened is i just lifted off one of those uh one of those uh fallout uh coins uh some of you understand what you know, the the metal the metal cap off the top of the bottle, and there is no when I did that, I was trying to figure out. Well, that's kind of curious. Why? It's because it also has a cork. It had oh. a cork. I've never seen this happen before. So a cork we... on top of a cap. Uh, 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 strike that. Well, well you know what I mean. Yes. Wow, I've I've never I've never seen that before. That's really interesting. So I get to try out this, and like I said, I've I've seen this on the shelf at uh, at Wegman's for a while, and it's one of those things where it's like you know, uh, how, how do you have um apple beer? Okay, I mean we've we've talked about the the. The horror that was the milkshake beer. Talked about that. So I'm kind of curious about this one because they also have, um, I think it was berry and some other fruit as a, as a basis. So, ooh. Well, you heard that one, I'm sure. Hmm. That one actually. <laughs> okay. I love it. What is it? Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Okay, that's got a that's got a nifty smell. And I love love the fact that after the cork comes out, there's like this this haze of 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 vapor that you can see that's kind of like dancing around like it's a little itty bitty baby genie in there breathing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We will. Hey, so this. Oh, it's quite clear. Okay, it's 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 not a dark amber. It is uh, it is very much what I would expect. Um, can you yeah? Can you hold the glass up a little bit higher? There you go. Okay, so yeah, for those of you that are that are listening to this in the future, uh, it's a couple of shades darker than a Coors Light, which means that's good. Yeah. Uh, those of you who are seasoned beer drinkers know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, the smell is is giving me beer. So that's that's yeah. kind of to be kind of to be expected, and um, oh oh, that is interesting. This is definitely this is. Huh. I've got both beer yeah. and apple. And yeah. I, I, I say that in a surprised fashion because, well, D- Dallin and I were talking last night about the um, uh, some of the beers that I've tried that have been less than less than good. Um, 
So, uh, wow, this is actually pretty good. I may actually finish this. You know what? I might not. I might decide. I'm about to play my age card here, though. Yeah. Uh, this sounds like something that, uh, okay, so that's from Belgium. Okay, so that's a good thing because yes. Belgians know their beer. Yes, <coughs> which Stephanie is also pointing out. By the way, uh, it is called Lindemans. Yeah. And on 1822, so kind of mm. get the funny feeling that uh, folks know a little something about uh, what's going on. Well, and uh, I read somewhere, uh, and unfortunately I can't cite the source at this moment, but in Belgium, they apparently have over 300 beers that they brew across the country. And for each one of those beers, there is a distinct glass you're supposed to drink it out of. Oh. Because physics, chemistry, etc. Okay. Now that, folks, is what you call, you know, that's passion for your craft, let me tell you. There, there is that. Um, but yeah, the, the way you describe the flavor, it reminds me of a drink that uh, we had back in the day um, called a twist shandy. Which was like, it was beer with kind of like a fruit infusion of sorts, but it was more citrus, like uh, lemon lime or orange or something. But it, it wasn't like the, it, it cut the bitter and left kind of a fruity aftertaste in your mouth. Uh, so it was like, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was beer for the non-hardcore beer drinkers. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's kind of like, def- kind of like how. Uh, that's definitely very much like how this is. Yeah, kind of like how flavored coffee made is for, you know, the uh, non-diehard coffee drinkers. Fair enough. Not that I know anything about that. No, not, not a bit. <laughs> that's fair enough. No, that's, that's, that's actually, that's actually the promise. I may have found a beer like. There you go. That, uh, it, you know what the expression, you, know, you get what you pay for is? All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, Labatt's Wildcat. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> That's fair. All right, that being the case, let's get me rolling over here because Lord knows I need to get things rolling because, well, we we got, you know, 90 minutes worth of content and two hours to fill it in. Go ahead. So with five minutes on the clock, your freestyle starts right now. This week it's called Reactionary. I am going to, uh, I will going to preface this by saying that I had a discussion with somebody not too very long ago, and the uh, the discussion was about a topic. Well, it 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 wasn't the topic, but we ended up dealing with something that I've talked about on too damned many, and it pisses me off to no end. My country. United States of America is too damned active. We are reactionaries. We are knee-jerk reactors to so much that it it just drives me up. There's no two ways about it. We are supposed to be, as far as we think of it for ourselves, we are supposed to be the light for the world. First off, yeah, no. No individual com- 
country. So, you know, get that stick out of your ass. We are supposed to be the shining example of how to be. Bullshit. My country used to do things that were grandiose, that took years. Some cases took a generation complete. Now, you're looking to the next fiscal quarter to find out. Did you do? It's simply an untenable position for long-term growth, for long-term ex- long-term anything. But yet, here we are, wondering what the next thing, what the next fireball is that's going to happen, whether it's on social media or the news cycle, whatever is going on with your friends and family. There are reasons where you need to get yourself riled. I get that. There are events where that has. But good fucking God. What in the hell ever happened to actually finding out what's going on first before flying off half-cocked? We've talked about it on too damn many in the case. And... I am still going to continue to lay the foundation for this squarely on the news cycle. The commercialization of news delivery. The 24-hour news cycle. Which was spearheaded here in the United States by CNN. And a lot of people don't remember that CNN used to stand for Cable News Network. Because it was delivered on cable television. So it was a paid service if you had cable television. Couldn't get it over the air. So there were certain rights and responsibilities that you didn't have to worry about because you weren't going over the FCC-regulated airwave. Get away with a lot more. For instance, the commercial. The news cycles. Once upon a time, it used to be you got your news delivered over the air by the network stations. Usually the local news. And admittedly, you know, in the New York City market, it's hard to have quote-unquote local news when your coverage area is millions upon millions of people, your servicing area. If you start from, you know, the Gorilla Building in downtown Manhattan and you're Effective coverage area is Long Island, Connecticut, part of White Plains, New York, Pennsylvania, little piece of it, New Jersey. Millions upon millions of people there. You didn't need to know instantly what was going on. That was the beautiful part about having news services. News articles written in newspapers that would come out once a day, twice a day, if there were updates. But they were done people that understood the art of collecting and disseminating information for the public to understand and test. That was a talent, and it was a responsibility. And because of that, because of that, you had to get it right. 
Joe Average Twitter user is running a new. Don't give him the same letter. Somebody that actually writes an article, goddamn. For however many of them are left anyway. But that's a whole other issue for another day. The lifetime. In any case, let's at least go to the fun part, and then we can go ahead and we can deal with all the other shit, because we've got the horrible scopes to get to. So let's go ahead and do this again, because for Dallin and I, we, we both know how this plays out, and, uh, well, we know that it's going to play out different time, because we've, we've had... All the times where I've complained, all I ask is for just one rehearsal read-through. We actually got our one rehearsal read-through. <laughs> so it's gonna it's gonna be uh gonna be wonderful uh keep losing my audio uh what let me see what's going on over here uh stephanie's telling me that um my audio is dropping out i do not understand yeah. i everything on uh everything on my side looks right so yeah. I don't know I don't know what's going on. I'm hard to say. Sorry. Yeah, and Dallin is going to be hearing what's going on through Discord as opposed to what's going on with OBS out to YouTube. So uh I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um I mean when I when I snag the audio for this show later on, uh spoiler, you know, which I usually talk about at the end of the show when I'm on, uh, you know. I'll I'll be able to see it in the graph. Like, okay, did we lose it? Oh crap, we did. Or oh crap, we didn't. So we'll see where the problem winds up. Fair enough. Meanwhile, like I said, let's go ahead and take care of the horrible scopes. So for those of you that know what your astrological sign is, cool. Those of you that don't roll a D12, you can actually ask your smart device to do it for you these days. Doesn't need an AI, fortunately. At least not yet. Oh, by the way, spoilers over on, uh, over on Tumblr. I didn't tell you about this yet. Over on Tumblr. Somebody asked Will Wheaton how the dice curse is working these days for him. How, how, how is that? How's that doing? <laughs> he answered wonderfully and spelled it O N E wonderfully. Oh, there are times I just, he just needs a hug. Or maybe just a new set of dice. Maybe yeah. That's, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. I doubt it because I mean it's him. <laughs> anyway, so this week, your musical tastes, folks, have been firmly rooted in the late twentieth century. That's called a rut. So this week, all inspiration is coming from. We do this right. The future. Welcome to the 21st century. See, Dallin, you finally get the chance to hear it that time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. When yes. I'm Sadly, Discord doesn't, or the way we do the show on Friday nights, uh, I don't get to take advantage. No. I don't get to listen to the audio effects. No, but just this one time I can get away with yeah, it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Aries, look at you. Bucking the theme right from the gate. Instead of enjoying the theme, you decided to look ahead to spring training. 
by getting the Pittsburgh Pirates theme song, Let's Go Bucks, A New Pirate Generation 2011. Their first game is February 25th, so get ready to lose a lot of money. So this week, please just stop gambling. It's usually good advice right there anyway. Yeah, moving on with Taurus. Okay. This is starting to be a thing. Uh, you're supposed to get something from this century, but not something from 1940. Vote for Gracie wasn't exactly a toe-tapper, but it did get some people to write in, you know, Gracie Allen for president that year. Believe it or not, she was way smarter in real life than she acted professionally. So this week, uh, stop acting like you don't know what's going on around you. The, the, the bit is dead, okay? Let it go. So is Gracie, but my God, was she smart. Gemini, are you all conspiring to make a mockery of the, this week's theme? Because, Gemini, your, your song only seems to have a pretentious title. Outdoors at 7 p.m., Sunny Main Street. I, can, I can't tell you who the artist is, but it's from the Wii U's version of Super Smash Brothers. The idea of cute little family-friendly characters and big-time beat-em-up gaming just says what we need to know about you. We <sighs> keep up your long-running streak of not kicking a puppy. Yeah, you know, I, I played the original Super Smash Brothers on the Wii way back when. And... <sighs> I made it to the end, and the theme song that was going on was talking about, you know, honor in combat, and that it's, you know, it's, it's perfectly honorable and noble to beat the teetotaling hell out of your opponents. And all I could think of was, is this really something I want to give my kids? And yeah, I, look, I'm all for shoot 'em ups I'm all for fight 'em ups but do I really want to see Princess Peach, you know, lay the boots to Bowser or some other villain? Not really. Well, I don't know. I mean, Peach and Bowser have kind of got this whole, you know, kidnap fetish thing going on. And, and Mario's yeah. obviously a cuck of for it all. So, I mean, you know, whatever. You spend far too much time on Tumblr, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. See, admitting you have a problem is the first step in recovery. Moving on with uh, Cancer Moonchild. Okay, now, this is just annoying. Never mind that you've gotten At This Moment, originally by Billy Vera and the Beaters in 1986, which still kind of gets me that they would have a name that sounds like, you know, a 50s rockabilly group in the 80s, but whatever. Uh, but this is a cover from uh, 2009 by, of all people... Michael Bublé. You say that name so well. He's Canadian. What can I? What can I say? No, it's because you got those great pipes when you. <laughs> well, should I be getting up closer to the mic here? Okay, say, I know Michael this. Bublé. I, I, <laughs> I know this is a not safe for work episode, but God damn it, don't do this to me. Now. Uh, anyways, look, sure, he's a great performer. You know, we'll pull again full shows over and over again. But but look. Singers typically don't have a successful career with albums that are 75% filled with covers. You know, unless your name is Yankovic. You know, just try to be original in your thinking. Although, 
to be fair, to be fair, fair. The stuff with the last name Yankovic, I wouldn't exactly call them covers. They are parodies. There's a difference. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Leo! <laughs> okay. 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 Well, this, this is this is just getting sad now. Uh, you don't need to know what your song is, just that the band in question is called Panic at the Disco. Remind you, it's spelled Panic, exclamation point, lowercase a, at the disco. Well, it used to be a quartet, you know, when they started in 2004. They uh, fired and replaced the bass player. Uh, um, then two guys left and were replaced, and, and finally it became um, basically a, a solo act for Brendan Yuri, which will end its run at the end of March. This week stopped being a prima donna. I told Tiny Tribble about that, and he's just like, yeah, you know, finally gonna die. Uh, Ooh, Brendan. Uh, j- uh, hmm. uh, look, that considering what they did to the uh, to the Ghostbusters theme for the, the 2016 thing that was supposed to be a movie, yeah, I believe it was them. They, they did a cover of uh, of the Ghostbusters theme, and You, you will understand this context when I say this. This would probably this is top tier fromage. Fair enough. Like th- th- this is the kind of this is the kind of song you play at a show and people pay you to stop. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, let me get my space back here. Where the hell is it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> two screens and too many windows. What can I say? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Virgo. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, another cover. Okay, you know what? Fine. The song is Don't Pull Your Love. Originally sung in 1971 by uh, Hamilton, Joe Frank, and Reynolds. Yes, that's the group's real name. But your version... Came out in 2019 by voice actor extraordinaire Rob Paulson. This week, if your plans to take over the world fail, just remember, Rob had nothing to do with it going south. Take responsibility for your own failures. Nice guy. Libra? Ah, <laughs> uh, you're all gonna kill me. Fine, Libra! You get the original Broadway cast recording from the musical In the Heights. <sighs> We're going to assume that you only speak English for a minute here. If you listen to Latin American families yelling back and forth at each other, you'll notice that they effortlessly slip between English and Spanish, and you will never lose one iota of context. This week, start learning languages that sound angry, you know, like... German. Klingon. Excuse me. We talked about uh, last night that uh, Klingon is very international. Yeah, and apparently also available on Rosetta Stone, so... Good on You know, if, uh, if you got the money and you got the time and, you know, you can... Uh, that kind of qualifies as, you know, seriously disposable income, you can learn it. 
Uh, can't say whether or not it will get you a job at uh, Paramount these days, but who knows? <sighs> Moving on with Scorpio. Okay, just... What the hell is with these covers? You got the 2000 release of Big in Japan by Embraced. Yes, you will recognize the song and the melody and the lyrics, but uh, be ready to gargle a lot of warm, salty water to heal your throat after singing along with this version. This week, put Epsom salt on your grocery list. It's a, it's a really good idea, right? It's a really good idea. Sagittarius. Well, now we finally get away from all the covers. Get to an original song for a change. Yeah, the song is 2013's From the Future Next Tuesday, which is obviously a tongue-in-cheek reference to the USS Enterprise B's launching in Star Trek Generations when everything is going to be installed Tuesday. For anybody that's seen the movie, you will know. Poor Captain John Harriman just... He, he, he was just overwhelmed. I mean, what can you do? He's a kid. He's he's basically the pimply-faced youth that got to take over the, the tech vault. Watch the movie. You'll tell me that I'm wrong. Okay, mm. so uh, this uh, this song, From the Future Next Tuesday. The band for this one... <sighs> come hell. Just, 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 just come the hell... Okay, you know what? The Shakeups in Ponyville. Okay, the name of the band is The Shakeups in Ponyville. This is a My Little Pony fan music group. You know what? Okay, congratulations. Sagittarius, congratulations. You did what nobody else could do. Okay, okay, you broke me. Are you, ha are you, are you, are you happy? Are you, are you proud of yourself now? Are your mom and dad proud of you now? Congratulations. You, you, you did it. Congratulations. Well done. Fuck you. <laughs> But I think that song is also in my uh, my list of fromage for you know the what? end of the year. I don't care at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yo, all right. Head, the head part of it is, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you, the stack of CDs that I got over here, I bet you I got it over in here somewhere. I bet you I could go looking. I don't want to know. Anyways, Capricorn. All right. <sighs> Screw it. We're broken. Uh, 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 let's see. Um... Yeah, now is the time to try something new. 10% off ginger pork with this coupon. Yeah, we got that one from Pakota Village Kitchen up the street. They're actually pretty good. Aquarius? Because Aquarius is, Aquarius is next, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you think you're going to get better than that? Um, no. Uh, Call your parents, uh, kiss your pet, brush your teeth, uh, only drink fluoridated water this week. I, I, I don't, I got, I don't know. I got <sighs> and rounding out with fellow fish Pisces. So someone wanted a super naughty scope for you this week. Yeah, it's going to wait for next week. Look, you're not getting any special treatment till we recover from this damn set. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. And I I don't I don't know. You know what? Whatever. Whatever. There your scopes. Um you like them great. You don't like them. Uh, fuck off. I don't care. 
Um, I'll have them posted at the end of the week because that's what I do, and I'm, I'm a creature of habit. Fuck it, whatever. Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Discord, fine. You know what? It's all good. Or not. You know what? I don't care. Right now, I, I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be what's. Gonna be. Right. It's episode four forty on the docket, Your Honor. Hour ten episode labeled A Hurts. I was going to put a hole, but I mean, musically inclined people are going to understand that uh, A is supposed to be 440 hertz. Because concert tuning isn't always 440 hertz, which pisses me off. You don't tune to an actual frequency. You tone to the instrument that can't be tuned on the fly. If you have a piano, you tune to the fucking piano. Me? No, I'm not salty about that at all. <laughs> there was a, there was a, there was a musical competition I went to uh, back in high school, and uh, one of the judges said that uh, we were all off tune because we tuned to the piano that they provided, states away from where we came from, and they dinged us on points because we were out of tune from 440 because we were tuned to the piano that wasn't tuned to 440 you know what fuck you whatever <laughs> so what 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 prompted the whole thing for this week was a uh, a picture that i put over in the discord force and it's uh, it it was one of those things that came up on my uh my facebook feed from a couple of years ago i don't i don't remember exactly when it but it was a photo that was taken through a window at what looks to be, and Dallin, if you've got it up for yourself, you can kind of help me out on this one a little bit. It's obviously a library because you can see the uh, the book return uh, slide is over there. But it looks like it's probably for like a uh, a grade school, and the the picture is of a sheet of paper printed up and and put up into the into the window. And what it says on it is, Google it, check Snopes.com, look in an encyclopedia, ask a librarian, ask an expert in that field. Just do some research first before sharing a post. Pictures and words together do not equal facts. Stop sharing posts before checking their accuracy. Eschew ignorance, pursue truth. My God, how amazing for a grade school librarian to instill this kind of idea into grade school minds. I adore this picture and this message. And if you take a swing over to our Discord, you will see it in the uh, uh, in the, the main chat. I will make sure that I put it into the picture archive because I should have really done that and I didn't think about that ahead. I just suddenly realized See, this is what happens. You get old. All of a sudden the brain suddenly goes, oh, I should really do the, oh, jingly keys. Whatever. I'm, I'm old, man. Leave me alone. But believe it or not, this was actually one of the, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to um, get Dallin to be back with us. 
especially for this one, because yeah, it's a power tenant. Yeah, we could go off the deep end, but nah, we don't have to. And even if some people would think that this is kind of a milk toasty kind of topic, honestly, there is nothing more badass than instilling good ideals in the minds well, that definitely need to be reminded of it because they don't know and they haven't had the chance. And I wouldn't necessarily call it milk toast. I mean, some people would be like, you know, well, where's the controversy? Where's the yelling and screaming? Where's the, you know, where's the right versus left or the red versus blue? And no, I'm not talking about the, you know, the rooster teeth episodes. See, you know, see, you're, 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 get out of my head. Yeah. But, but, you know, they're asking where that is. But the thing is, and again, I'm playing the age card here, but back in the day, Mm -hmm. these were topics that we talked about, things like critical thinking. You know, what Joseph has said all the time, you know, the whole survive by imitation and how, you know, that that's kind of where we are right now because we either don't know how or refuse to take this step. Like you survive by imitation. So you learn how to use the tools. Then you take those tools, you take the techniques and you make them your own. This is where things like critical thinking come in where, okay, I know, I know where to research and I know how to research. Now I just have to research, which means work for a lot of people. And that's, that's the other side of this. It's the other side of the coin where, you know, these days it's easier to just, okay, this influencer, this YouTuber, this Twitter user, this uh, Facebook group, they all, you know, seem to jive with how I think, or their words make me feel good. Therefore they must be the leaders that they are dear leader to me. You know, no, there's an awful lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for confirmation bias, especially these days. That's true. Because that's true. I mean, yeah, you've got misinformation, but you've also got way too much information. You know, th- this is, this really is the sort of the information ages version of the, the story of the three blind men and the element and the elephant. Please tell me I haven't lost you on this one. No, I just thought that I, I saw something in my glass as I was okay. sitting the last of it down. <laughs> I've actually finished the first glass. This is good. Good on you. This is, um, this, this beer, mm-hmm. it, it very much does not taste as beer. This very much tastes like, um, I don't want to say hard cider, but kind of the cider without the, without the bite. I don't have an alcohol bite out of it, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because as... Huh? Dr. What's, Samuel what's Conway. What's the percentage? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, some years ago, Dr. Samuel Conway, who has been on the show before, I, I had given him a bottle of wine and I warned him, be careful when you drink it because it's going to, it, it tastes like grape juice. And in his inimitable style, he reminded me, my good sir, you do realize definitionally wine is grape juice. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate that. 
<laughs> I fucking hate it when chemists run stuff. Um, yeah. I'm looking for it. I don't. Yeah. I don't read German either, so you know what the hell do I? Mm. Yeah, but maybe I'll find it. Yeah, but the deal is, like I said, with uh, when I talk about the three, the three blind men and the elephant. Uh, these people were trying to figure out what an elephant looks like, but they had no concept of its size. They couldn't see it because I said they were blind. Right. And each of them took a different position on, on the animal. And each of them came up with three different definitions to describe the same thing. And that's what you see a lot of these days is you have so many different people have, have so many different views on the same subject to the point where you could, you know, these people could almost look at, all, look at the same blue sky and each one of them would have a different definition of what the color is. And well, that, <laughs> okay. Sorry, we're dry. I'm about to dive down a rabbit hole here. No, that, that's okay. Bef before you do, uh, yeah. I, I do want to say, the, the, how do you define what a color is, is unfortunately one of those things where, yes, you can get into the technicalities of who sees which frequency of EM as what color and what does that translate to? Do we all see the same color? I'm not going to yeah. go down that rabbit hole. We're just going to go with assuming for a moment, shut up, that blue is blue. We all see the yeah. same blue screen of death, okay? Just, yeah. Let's let's just let's just calibrate off of that because everybody yeah. sees it sooner or later. <laughs> nobody wants to. Yeah. Um, by the way, this thing doesn't have anything on it that says what the alcohol factor is. So mm. I don't know. Malt beverage with natural flavors and natural sweeteners. Um product of the oh, oh crap. How the hell do I pronounce the, the city name, which starts off V-L-E-Z, without damaging the upper palate of my mouth? Uh, a, a good way to find out the alcohol content? Speak. Buy six of them, pound them, and see how you feel after, after that. Six of them. Well, it's like a six-pack test. Six, six, oh, might I remind you, uh, this is a 750 mil bottle. And? <laughs> um, you forget you're talking to a Canadian. No, you, you remember the last time that I pounded two bottles, that, that, was, that was a liter and a half of wine. That was not a good night for me. <laughs> True enough. Somehow yeah. the idea of of uh, of swilling that's that that'd be a lot of whatever the hell this is. Yeah. I don't need and my I, eyeballs to swim that much. Yeah. And uh Stephanie actually posted something in the chat about uh, a site called Midas Touch. Yep, group on YouTube. Uh, I I I know yeah. of them. They they pop up on my stuff every once in a while, even without being subscribed to them, which I like. Go ahead. That's that's the algorithm for you. Yep. 
Uh, so yeah, evidence-based to make clear when they're reporting and when they're giving an opinion. And this actually dovetails into something I've been working on uh, recently. Uh, I have been doing some voice work for a YouTube channel recently, uh, a channel called Venture. And they do, um, they do essays and reports mostly on businesses and business people. Uh, very much like a rise and fall type situation where they start off really good and then they, they rise to new heights and then they fall spectacularly. One particular example, of course, Sam Bankman Freed, the crypto guy. Uh, the very first uh, video we did was Martin Shkreli, Yield Pharma Bro. You may remember him from such hits as, hey, let's take this life-saving medication that was actually, you know, cheap and was saving people's lives, and let's make it so expensive that even Donald Trump couldn't afford it. And he just got out of jail not too long ago, and he's right back to his old tricks. But my point, we actually got called on a couple of things. I can't remember which video it was. Right, it was the one we, we did a, a video on Andrew Tate. Now, he was the guy that uh, he's one of these, you know, like alpha male energy type people. And I've seen clips of him, and it's just like, wow. <laughs> like, I wish your mother had slapped your mouth, you little prick. But recently, he got busted and arrested for human trafficking of the kind of Epstein style. Let's just put it that way. Wonderful. Yeah. Now... <laughs> There was an interesting coincidence within this whole thing in that uh, Tate had decided to troll Greta Thunberg. Oh, yes. And uh, Greta Thunberg, of course, rose to said bait because clout. And then Andrew Tate responded with a video that had him accepting a pizza from a delivery boy, and this particular pizza box is only available in one place, Romania. Now, there was some speculation that that was what led to his arrest. That wasn't entirely the case. Now, a, a blogger had made that, uh, had made that uh, hypothesis... It was later disproven, and they retracted. You know, kind of said, okay, you know what? At the time, these were the facts that we knew, but things have changed. Well, we got called on it. Uh, somebody said, like, Greta had nothing to do with it. Rah, rah, rah. Why did you put that? What I loved was that another viewer had replied to the comment saying, at the time, this is what people knew. It was later discovered, if you watch the rest of the video, it, you'll even hear me say it was later discovered that <laughs> this was not the case. And amazingly, the only person that really hasn't said anything about the goof up uh, was Greta herself, because, well, I've got opinions on that. But, uh, but to my point, uh, yeah, if you can get the facts, then you can form 
you know, conclusions based on, you know, you need the unbiased stuff, you know, the, the fact that water is wet. Okay. So what does that tell you? You know, it's, it's like one of those unfiltered basic truths or basic facts about something that you need. You don't need, you shouldn't get it spun. You shouldn't have to get like either the, the CNN or the Fox news opinion on it. And then just go blindly with that. Like, you know, get the facts and find, you know, learn for yourself. Now, the funny part about that for me is that, yes, we know from, well, existing, that water is wet. That water makes things wet. You put something into water, it gets wet. Unless it's a uh, a Twix bar, in which case you get banned from uh, following the Kit Kat uh, <sighs> Twitter account because uh, I, I don't know why you want to wash that stuff off. Anyway, the the point being, however, is that yes, we know that Water makes things wet, but it takes a scientist to actually understand what does water do that makes something wet? What is actually physically happening? Yeah. To understand that, it then takes a secondary person to be able to properly understand it and explain it in a way that Joe Average Q public can understand those people are the ones that are the for me some of the most important in the chain because they are yeah. the first step away from the cut and dry facts to be able to explain and get the point of the research across to somebody yeah to borrow a quote from you know one of my favorite book series these are the guys that break it down for people Barney style, mm -hmm. you know, very much like, and go with me on this things like schoolhouse rock. Oh God. Yes. Or the you know, the pre credits thing on the old GI Joe cartoons where they, you know, they talk about, you know, safety things or health things now. Okay. That they go down a little bit further you know, in, in terms of basics, but my point being is that they were able to present things in such a way that the lay person or the, the moderate, if you will, could digest it. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Now, see, th this particular item, Dallin and I talked about last night during our show, and we kind of got into a, 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 not a disagreement, but just a, a, a nuance of yeah, it's a good piece. The way it was put in there was kind of hinky, but you know what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> On the bright side, though, it gave us these great memes that we can now use with with information Skeletor. Uh, who who? Yeah. With things like, <laughs> if you enjoy eating hamburgers for when you become depressed. It's still an emotional support animal. Until next time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, okay, you know, you, you glorious, <sighs> glorious personality that came up with that. I fucking hate you and love you at the same time. Yeah. But. Because <sighs> technically right is still right. Pisses me off. 
uh, it's a nice play. It's a nice play on words. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, there have been very few times uh, where collectively um, a commercial organization actually came up with something that had such an incredible uh, impact on society at large as a whole. Now, uh, for those of you that might not have ever seen Schoolhouse Rock, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to rag on you if you haven't seen it. I will suggest, however, please, by all means, look it up on YouTube. If you don't already have a copy of one of the anniversary things on DVD, just buy it. Find a $5 version, secondhand or whatever. But it was a wonderful collection of memorable music that taught there was a good portion of it, uh, a good section of it that was specifically United States centric because, well, the primary audience was us. So stuff about, you know, the government here in the United States, the history, the uh, policies of immigration, the um, not so great things about manifest destiny that we didn't really learn about until years later which didn't exactly age well on that. However, the idea that an advertising agency associated with the American Broadcasting Company here in the United States was contracted to put together this stuff to help a guy's kid learn because he could, he could sing and recite all these rock songs but he couldn't memorize his multiplication tables. And it turned into something that now has people understanding the, the constitution of the United States. Uh, yeah. When women, <laughs> women's suffrage happened and, and pieces of how that came together, the multiplication tables for crying out loud. We don't think about it anymore. You know, things like, you know, multiplying by 11 or multiplying by 12. Usually, you know, it's it's one to nine and everything by zero is zero. Okay, well, fine. But, yeah. you know, they, they covered so much stuff. And that's why there are pieces of Schoolhouse Rock that are exceptionally great. There are other pieces that in in current retrospect, could have been done better, but I think for when they were produced and how things were taught, even erroneously so, they did an exceptional job of getting the information done. And that's, that's a double-sided sword. That's a double-edged sword because you get good information out there that's memorable, multiplication tables, math is really hard to screw up. History being written by the victors can necessarily be that easy to do. And let's face it, crunching it down for you know single digit ages, a lot more nuance out there that you gotta end up learning sooner or later. It's just Yeah, but you know, devil's advocate. Well, but that's just it. You, you've got to get it down to, I'd say when you're talking like single digits, you've got to be very careful with your information. Agreed. 
to the point where, okay, you're not, and again, going back to my own childhood on this one. Absolutely. The, the trick with a, a very multi-layered, very, like you said, nuanced subject like history, the idea is not to flood them with every single ounce of gloom and doom and saying that this happened or that happened. What you have to do, and this is where I think a lot of teachers miss these days because they're so busy trying to push all of this because their influencers tell them to do this because TikTok. Um, the idea is to generate the spark to light the pilot light of of wanting to learn. So you, a, a prime example, I'll give you one. Mm -hmm. Uh, there used to be uh, a thing that we had, I don't know if you guys had it down there, but it was a little cartoon segment called max, the 2000 year old mouse. I don't might've been a Canadian. Okay. Might've been a Canadian thing. That's fine. But it was, it, it was like schoolhouse rock, but history. Oh, cool. Where max was there and you had this narrator giving the account of whatever. And then a little comic bit of max being involved somehow. And there was one, uh, about Charlemagne. Now, the way they presented it was, you know, Charlemagne, the first king of the world, or the, yeah, the first emperor of the world. Okay. My 10 year old mind, you've got my attention. Who was this dude? He was a court. He, I believe he was uh, crowned the first Holy Roman emperor, which kind of did make him emperor of the known world at the time. But I didn't find that out till many, many years later through reading and, and exploring it. But that little segment of, I, I, I got a taste of that. And that is where I think a lot of teachers and stuff fall apart these days is you're like, okay, you have to talk about, uh, Slavery, you have to talk about oppression, you have to talk about how bad uh, white people were and that kids should be ashamed of being white. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that, but that's another story. That does not generate the interest in learning. That, that, that depresses people. That says, like, I don't really want to talk about this. I'm going to go play Pokemon because I'm eight years old. But if you say it in such a way like, okay, yeah, there were slaves, it was bad, then, you know, the, the, the Civil War happened. You can spin that in such a way like, okay, now I'm interested, now I want to learn, I want to find out more, and then you can get into the nuance about the cash crops and the, the you know, one of the other, some of the other disputes that caused the Civil War. You can actually get into this a little more in depth once your brain is a little more capable of handling it. That, that's the other thing is that these days with so much information out there, kids can't be kids anymore. They can't learn at, you know, the, the pace because everything's flying at them to the point. I think a lot of them are paralyzed with it. And okay. The rabbit hole. So a lot of it is, is disinformation. 
But what that, I find what that is, is cherry-picked, weaponized information that is that conveniently leaves certain things out to skew opinions or skew learning in such a direction that kind of puts you on their side or makes you follow their narrative. Uh, borrowing an old school analogy, religion. Let, let's go down this road. Seems fair. When you're a kid, you go to church. God loves everybody. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus loved the little children. He healed the sick. God protected his people. Didn't necessarily say how until, you know, you got a little bit older. And that's part of the cherry picking. You know, honestly, I didn't know anything about Leviticus until Cheska called me out on a fur affinity like 15 years ago. She, my sister in crime, man. Yeah, but, but, but that's the thing is that. You can skim over it and go like, yeah, okay, you know, God is love, God, there's all that in there. But if you go deeper, you find a real dark side to it. That is, you know, and if you call, if you call a priest out on it, they'll do whatever they can to spin it. Yeah. uh, Sideways from that, by the way, uh, I remember a long time, my grandparents, um, my My maternal grandmother, there was one time I, believe it or not, I actually, as a kid, I wanted to kind of, like, read part of the Bible, and I vaguely remember, I'm pretty sure it was her, it told me that, sure, you you, you want to read that, that's fine, just, you don't read Revelations. Why not? Well, we're not supposed to read that until um, the end time. And even as a kid, to me, that that answer went weird. Yeah. Because to me, it's like, well, why not read it? I mean, if you're not supposed to read it, why is it there? And if you don't read it and the time comes where you need to know the information that's in it, well, it's kind of late to the game to know what's in it? Yeah. Like, only, only for me to something f- like that. Yeah, only for me to find out later. Yeah, <sighs> Revelation, man. Yeah, that was that was a that was a shroom trip. Um, whew, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> weird, weird, um, weird is the nicest way I can put that. It was a fucking yeah. ass trip. Um, well, it, it, I, I found it interesting. Like when I was in grade five, uh, we actually ended. Up, we had a Bible reading every morning. Because we'd, we'd stand for the National Anthem, we'd stand for the Lord's Prayer, and then our teacher would break out this, and I mean, this Bible was huge. Like, th- this thing was like Oxford Dictionary size in terms of, you know, square footage. Oh, we're talking about something that you could actually lift it with two hands, or more appropriately, two forearms acting like a, a forklift, and you drop it, and it has a sizable thump measured by the seismic counters. Yeah. Yeah, I know the kind of thing you're talking. Okay, and reminding folks, this, okay, was this a, a public school at the time? Yes. Okay, public school in Canada. Now, the 
the rules and the regs for public schooling in the U.S. versus Canada, we have two different countries, we have two different sets of rules. So anybody wants to go ahead and say, well, how come it was that way? I mean, that guys, not everything is the U.S. I try really hard not to make everything about the U.S., even though it's a goddamn dumpster fire out there half the time. But, you know, just want to make sure everybody's on board that you know, we're not talking about my country for a change. Go me! Sorry, back to you. <laughs> well, anyways. Now, for the entire school year, about the only book I really recognized from that word, from the stories, was Exodus. I don't think we got into Genesis. Uh, no, we did, because, yeah, I do remember Noah's Ark. Uh, but it, the book of Exodus seemed to take up most of our time. And, yeah. Uh... But that was it. Like, we never got into, like, anything New Testament or, you know, again, Leviticus or any of that BS, you know. But then again, it was grade five. We didn't know what the fuck we were going to be doing with that uh, particular, uh, you know, kind of information. That's, that's fair. fair. Uh, backing up just a little bit, by the way, Stephanie is pointing out the industrial... <clears throat> The Industrial Revolution was funded by sugar money, i.e. the wealth generated by the plantations of the Caribbean. Caribbean? Yep. Caribbean? You know what? Out there in the water. The owners yeah. of all those slaves wanted something to invest their profits in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing that we've learned over all these... Well, you know what? We'll, we'll just go with centuries at, at this point. Greed makes a lot of things happen. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying good things. I'm not saying bad things. Just things. Like any tool, profit is, well, profit, excessive profit is a tool. And I don't mean that in a very nice way, in any way, shape, or form. I'm not talking like a screwdriver or or or, or claw peen hammer. I mean like, your fucking tool. Because the greed for the stuff is just... I want to have all of the galleons to sweep the oceans and all, all, the, all the cannonballs, because, I mean, whatever. Doesn't mean that I don't appreciate all the things that we have accomplished over the centuries, especially technologically speaking. I mean, let's just, let's just start off with, you know, on my face, these spectacles that I have on my face. That's a pretty cool piece of technology in and of itself. Took a lot of research to get to that. But, you know, not all tech is created. Not all profit is either. So, yeah, but again, that, that too, uh, that feeds into, you know, the, this, the, the whole idea of, of information and where it comes from, because you do, you see these people that, you know, they, they rally and rail against capitalism on its own. Now, the ironic part about that is that they are doing it typically from a phone or from a computer. 
which is a product of that economic philosophy. So these people that want like a complete end to capitalism, I don't think are actually, well, one, I don't think they're well informed enough to see how the model works. And it is complex. Economic models are always complex and very nuanced. The fact that, okay, some of these corporate people are extraordinarily greedy. Yeah. I would call those the exception rather than the rule in many cases. Uh, further. Okay. If you take away all the mechanisms of capitalism and just leave us to ourselves, every city on this continent would disintegrate within 50 years, if not less. Because, okay, without capitalism, okay, suddenly without sort of a reward, there'd be no incentive to, well, to work, really. You know, you say about the, you know, like, okay, but what about the idea of, you know, serving your fellow human being? Yeah, that ain't gonna fly. Not, not with our current culture the way it is. Then change the culture. Easier said than done. See, you say that, and yet we're reminded that sometimes the answer to the equation is just to change the gravitational constant of the universe. It's as simple as that. Making a joke here for some people that actually remember yeah. stuff. It's, but that's just it. Like, everybody talks about, you know, like, well, why don't we have replicators? Why can't we get into the Star Trek future? What people forget or don't realize is that the, the Star Trek world grew from an age of post-scarcity after a nuclear war. Which means there were considerably fewer people on the planet. There were considerably less resources. And everybody realized that, okay... Now we have to band together to survive. And I bet you, and let's go back to it. You got your big city culture. You got your small town culture. I've lived in both. The small town culture, everybody knows everybody. Everybody has each other's back. When one person falls, the community picks them up. That's the small town culture. Big cities, I don't even know who my neighbors are where I live right now. And I, and I live in an apartment-style uh, condo. I've never met the people on either side of me. It's just, it, it's, it's a very different culture. Where that, inter, where that dependency, that interdependency doesn't exist. You know, now maybe in, you know, certain little suburbs of the city, you may still have that. But in the wider uh, urban area, no, that doesn't exist. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to do away with some of the, the big, you know, corporate whatever, you'd almost have to disband the cities and have us all live in small towns because then you would get that kind of culture that you're talking about. But they would also be a little bit polarized because they're all, you know, this community doesn't know anything about that community. So that community is now demonized because of lack of knowledge and blah, blah, blah. So it's a tribal thing. For some pieces. Yeah. And Stephanie's what an interesting, an interesting piece about it. Ironically, we now have machines to replace the slaves. 
Um, the funny part about it is, and and I I mean funny hmm and not funny haha. The funny part about it is, it could have always been that way. It it really could have. Well, here's a question, and I I, I heard something about this, and, and again I'm I'm I can't source it for you right now, but. Okay to do with the slavery with, you know, the cotton and stuff, there was something about the cotton gin that was invented Mm -hmm. that was going to throw a massive wrench in, in the slave culture of the South. Yep. I can't remember, like, I only remember catching a piece of it. This was a few years ago. Um, but I think that, that ended up playing a part. Like, Again, and I'm only finding out certain nuances about what led up to the Civil War that shows that there was a lot more involved than just Abraham Lincoln wanting to free the slaves. That was the spark that got people interested in learning about it, but then when they dove a little deeper, there's a lot of layers in there. And a lot of people these days, they don't want to do the work. They want things simple. They want... Uh, it's like Carrie Fisher said, the problem with instant gratification is it doesn't come fast enough. There is That's that. what you were saying about her drug addiction back in the day. Yeah. Um, there's, um, there's also another piece of that, which is that, uh, there, there are a lot of pieces that there is a, I'm trying to think of the right way of this. There is a certain inertia to learning after you've exited the scholastic um, edifice, you expect that what you have learned has been accurate the whole time, and then when you are brought face-to-face with information that says, well, it wasn't right, or more appropriately, it wasn't the whole picture, oh, well, now I've got to learn more? Why do I have yeah. to be bothered learning more? I mean, it's bad enough I had to learn sine, cosine, and tangent. When the hell's the last time I ever had to talk about Pythagoras? You know. Yeah. So you're right. You know the the whole the whole thing about you know why, why should I be bothered? Should I? Why should I invest the time? Yeah. Learn? So then it's let somebody else do that work, and that's where the weaponization comes in because. There are people out there who want to drive a certain narrative, who have particular um, religious or political aspirations or convictions, probably the better way of putting it, who now say, okay, these people are sick and tired of, you know, learning from the books. They just want their quick information, which means I can tell them this and they'll believe it because they're too lazy to find out for themselves and I can make it as outrageous as possible. How are they going to disprove me? Because they're too, they're too lazy to learn, you know, the truth or they're too lazy to dig past it. You know, one of the big ones is, um, chemtrails. Oh, good Lord. Now you've got your Alex Joneses and not just him, but I've, you know, the, these late night radio guys, the, the ones that this show is sort of based to fight against. 
uh, and other people. I have heard these guys on on the air talking about like they're they're spraying these chemicals and they're doing this, and you, you can see it from the wings. But all you need to do is just look at a little bit of physics and a little bit of you know chemistry, and you could find out exactly why the contrails, the vapor trails. More specifically, the water vapor trails come off wings at certain altitudes on certain days. With certain air densities, with certain yes. pressure gradients, with certain relative humidity points, with certain temperatures. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, that high up in the air, it's also, you know, cold as balls up there. That's a, that's a very good way of considering yeah, but, you know, you get these jackals in places like California and Texas that are, you know, slowly melting on the pavement. They look up the sky like, well, it, it must be the same temperature all the way up. No. You know, take a moment. Stop listening to the blathering blowhard on the, on the intertubes. And, you know, find out. Well, like you said, that's work. Yeah. And... Even worse yet, if you end up talking with someone who is an expert, first off, that's assuming that nobody's already poisoned the well by saying that everybody who is an expert in whatever the, whatever the topic is, uh, let's let's go with a nice easy one. Uh, for instance, um, there were a lot. Of, okay, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. I don't I don't want to I don't want to use that for a second. Uh, things like um, paleontologists, perfect, perfect, perfect. Here we go. A paleontologist uh, who have been putting together fossilized remnants of dinosaurs from 60, 60 plus million years ago. I'm mm -hmm. just gonna, I'm just gonna go, go with a rough number. Um, where. There have been groups and organizations who have poisoned the well by saying either A, they've been lying all this time, these things aren't actually what they say they are, B, they are what they say that they are, but they are already written up in the holy books, which, considering apparently... Ancient Egypt had stuff that they were doing for excavation of stuff that had been gone for thousands of years for them already at that point. You know, um, okay, mm -hmm. I, I could go. I could go with that one. And the one that I hate the most, they were baked before. So how could we possibly trust them today? Yeah. Go ahead, you poison the well without going ahead and, and acknowledging that the scientific system is its own self-correcting mechanism for ensuring the accuracy of information long-term. You know, it, it, like you said, the, the instant gratification or the instant certainty and accuracy is never quick enough because, well... Yeah. Why should we know it's, how long it takes for something to actually, you know, get proven that there's no yeah. life on Venus? 
But like there, there's also the idea of like, again, when it comes to science, you know, things change. Yep. Um, one example I have is the black hole. Oh, back in the day, you know, in, in the days of, you know, like even in the sixties, they were considered, they were called black suns. Yep. You know, that, that was black, the thing. Black stars. Um, black the, stars. The, uh, the reason why I know that one is because the first instance that I can remember of it being mentioned on Star Trek back in yeah. the sixties, it was called a black star. Yeah. And I believe in space 1999, it was called a black sun. So that's where I got mine from. Yep. So things I, have changed and the terminology, yeah. the terminology is a funny goddamn thing. Yeah. But, but more than that, there's also been talk of how they're formed mm -hmm. and how, you know, and we're finding bigger ones and bigger ones and, and bigger, what the hell is this bigger oh ones, you know, did, okay. Sideways to that. I don't know if you'd seen it. I think it was uh, Kyrgyzstan had done a, uh, a video on some of the primordial black holes that mm -hmm. were inside of immensely huge, um, stars. Yeah. Where there was literally a black hole at the center of a star, which I, I saw that come up on my, on my YouTube feed and I'm just like, had to take a good 30 seconds. No lie. I actually had to pause for a good 30 seconds to just let that whole concept just digest in my own head where I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, the oh, when somebody said the universe is not only more, uh, of, uh, oh God, what would, what the hell was the expression? Um, the universe is not only more strange than we imagine, it's more strange than we can imagine. Yeah. And holy mother of fuck that I've, I've, I could never, I could never have just imagined in my own set. The idea yeah. that there is something that is sucking the life out of a star from the inside of it. And the star is just like, man, I'm just trying to do my thing here. Yeah. But where I'm going with this, and again, I'm trying to keep yeah, it on. <laughs> I'm trying to relate it back to the theme is that when it comes to science, information is changing constantly because we're finding new evidence or we're finding you know, an aberration to something that was maybe an accepted, uh, principle or an accepted law for many, many years. But then suddenly the tools got better. The investigation techniques got better and, oh, look, we found something. Yeah. That yeah. takes what we kind of know, what we've known and what we've accepted and turns it on its ear. So then they have to come up with, okay, why did this happen? Can it be repeated? Or was this just like, you know, uh, whatever. And then they repeat it and go, okay, now we've got something to work with. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah. the, the, the soundbite people, and, and this is really where the idea of, you know, the misinformation comes from, it, or not where it comes from, but its purpose. It is the ultimate breaking down of things Barney style. It is to create the soundbite, the meme the phrase that goes good with the focus group. It doesn't matter if it's completely correct or uh, what's, what's the other one I've heard of. Uh, they, they call it factually correct, which means 
yeah, the facts tell you one thing, but it's it's so bereft of context and nuance. It's like, no, you're still being absurd. Yes, you are technically correct, but this is the kind of technicality you usually see from a corrupt lawyer on a bad, you know, TV law drama in terms of, you know, pedanticness, if you will. Yeah, for instance, uh, being able to say, um, I can... I can burn iron or, or no, I, I can, I can burn steel. Okay. You know, you get, you get a, you get a, a steel wool, you yeah. kind of pull it open and whatnot. And you light it with a lighter. And yes, you can, but then you want to really screw somebody over. You can explain that. Well, technically you take something and you make it rust and you're burning it. Because That's it's oxidation, true. it's oxidation, the same yeah. Thing, but you know, you you get into this, you get into this point where exactly that, technically correct, is leaving out, because sometimes it's what is left out of a discussion sometimes is more important than the information that is given. And yes, that is scary. Yeah, that's and and part of that is the weaponization of this kind of misinformation, because people these days uh, are running scared. That's what I see a lot of. And and I don't I hate bringing this guy up, but uh, one of Michael Moore's movies, I think he was. Yeah, he he was um, interviewing Marilyn Manson. And he said, we're turning into a society of fear and consumption. And that's really what it is these days, is that everybody is scared of everything. I, I saw a video earlier this week of some guy. He, th- this guy is a teacher. And th- the way he talked is like he, he, lives, he lives at two levels, orange alert and red alert. He's just, he walks outside afraid of everything. Like this guy has got social anxiety, like turned up to 12. Sorry, Nigel. Um, If this is how people are living, they don't have the mental capacity to stop and think. And a lot of people like that because easily controlled, because you can say anything. They don't have time to process it. They'll just listen and obey or comply or regurgitate your words to their group that they influence and then your whatever you're trying to do proliferates it sounds a little tinfoil hatty but you, you just watch some of these people and the things they say and they have like you know hundred you know thousands of followers and then and then you'll get one person who will take that clip of the video of them making their claim and switch and go like well, actually, and then you actually hear the rest of it and go, wow, the original poster is a fucking scumbag. Yeah, the sad part of it is the idea of, quote-unquote, psyops, meaning an actual organized disinformation campaign, that's a real thing. And I hate to say it, my country has done it. My country has fucked over other sovereign nations for political points or political 
influence. Oh, hell. You, I'm proud yeah, of that. You, you're doing that worldwide and you're doing it to your own people. Yep. Like this, and one of the products of this, and this is, I'm only going to dip into this a little bit because I, I talked about it last weekend or la- last Friday, not, not yesterday, but the, the week before. Yeah. A little thing that I have found on the internet called Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. Which when, when Dallin explained this to me, I, I understood it, but it doesn't mean that I liked it in any capacity whatsoever. I am just so deeply disheartened. Yeah, but, but give me a second and I'll actually tell you that there's a flip side as well, which I'll get to. Um, for those of you that are wondering, Trump derangement syndrome is basically a reaction. Going back to your five minute freestyle, a reaction where if you mention Trump's name, if you say his catchphrase, which actually came from somebody else I found out this week, if you wear a red baseball cap, somebody will look at you or listen to you and will absolutely lose their shit. Like, and I I don't mean just, you know, a little disagreement. These people will come after you with a weapon in their hand and then yell and scream that they're the victim after they've beaten you senseless. This is what I mean by Trump derangement syndrome, or the fact that you mentioned his name, and because you mentioned his name, you are unclean. You are the embodiment of Trump and the ultra-mega movement and every single expletive that's been said since 2016 about the guy. By simply mentioning his name, you are that, and therefore you must be canceled, destroyed. Uh, now there's another side. Now there's a second side to it. It it's the other way, and it's uh, it's not formal, but I'm going to call it here. It's Biden derangement syndrome. Hmm. Well, the second you mention Joe Biden, the first words that come out of other people's mouths are "Let's go, Brandon." Yeah, because they couldn't be shit to just go ahead and and have the balls to actually say, "Well, fuck Joe Biden." Well, there's plenty of shirts and coffee mugs with that phrase on it as well, or at least FJB. Mm. I look in weird places for coffee mugs and stuff, but. Well, I mean, coffee mugs are important. Oh, by the way, uh, Stephanie had pointed out and slightly, slightly backing up just a second. uh, Mm -hmm. The Pioneer Station has an interesting video on PSYOPs. Uh, He translates Mm -hmm. Ukrainian stuff, and this is an intellectual discussion between four knowledgeable folks. Uh, people, sorry. Uh, obviously, the video was about Russian psyop, but applies universally. If you're able to, um, if you're able to to link to, that would be wonderful because I'll add that into the show notes. Uh, if I if I don't forget to go looking after the show's <laughs> over, I'll make sure yeah. I get it. Dallin's laughing because I told him I'm really I've been really bad about stuff, uh, but um, the. Now, see, the thing of it is, with this whole, uh, this whole, uh, derangement syndrome, which let's, let's call things as they are, it's an unofficial, it's very much a, 
what it's been described as by yeah. the masses, for whatever good yeah. that is, we know that this is all borne out from what's been happening, which is the demonization of the other. Thank and you. That fucking <laughs> sucks. And, and, and this is, yeah. Skeptical show to investigate the question of why, mm-hmm. which means you have to look at both sides. Yep. As uncomfortable as it may be, you do kind of need to see it from a three steps back objective view perspective of the entire sphere of it, both sides of it or all sides of it. If it's a multi thing. Yeah. Which becomes part of the critical thinking, which becomes part of the, oh my God, it means it's work. Which means it sucks, because it's a lot of work. Yes, and this is, again, this goes back to the weaponization of it. Yeah. You know, you you brought CNN up, and the the first person I can think of is Don Lemon. And, uh, oh God, who was that other guy? Um, Okay. Oh, God, he was like a George Costanza-looking motherfucker. He doesn't work there anymore. I don't he got know. let go recently. <laughs> don't know. I don't, but, I don't uh, the only The only person that I remember that that has been on CNN, that's been on our show, was Tom Verney. Yeah. M- mainly because we grew up together, and, and he was very kind to me yeah. and us. And, and, and I, yeah. do wanna, I do still want to say, if, if ever you listen, Tom, again, just thank you, man. Yeah. But the thing is, guys like, um, you know, Don Lemon, uh, Chris Cuomo, uh, the George Costanza motherfucker that I can't remember his name. Uh, these guys don't, well, okay, with the exception of Don Lemon, these guys don't work for CNN anymore. Because they basically got busted weaponizing misinformation. Cherry picking the facts to fit what they wanted to present to the people. And if not outright lying, bending the truth in such a way that, you know, you almost have to start look at kink shaming them because of what they've done. Like they, they've contorted it into a truth pretzel, you know, yeah. or the facts, shall we say again, you know, I, I, I miss, I misread. Yeah. But that also, like you said, goes back to how I stated it in the beginning. The common factor has been they were working for CNN, not working off of the broadcast airwaves. There are fewer rules and regs that the FCC can levy on them because unless they're actually over the air, certain things they can get away with. And again, yeah, if it brings in the, the, the commercial money. And that's, that's the thing is that these these cable news networks like CNN, like Fox News, like uh, Headline News, uh, MSNBC, OAN, uh, yeah, all of these, they are basically for-profit news stations. Now, classically, the news on the regular airwave channel was not the money maker. It was never supposed to be. Yeah, and we've we've talked about uh, Dallin and I. Uh, even yeah. even off of the show, we've talked about this many times that when yeah. we were growing up, it was um, the local uh, the local uh, TV stations had the local 
news yep. for whatever, wherever it was that they were servicing because yep. they had to. That was part of uh, that was part of the the agreement societally. If you are going to be using these airwaves, you have to give back to the community, and that's where your news came in. So yeah, it. Uh, f- uh, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, six o'clock uh, was dinner yeah. time, and that's when you turned on local news. Local news yep. was on for uh, an hour. After mm-hmm. that, it was the international, sorry, the national news because it was the network that that took over mm-hmm. and you know covered everything across the country and international news. And yeah. after that, it was primetime TV for you know spin down with everybody. I'm assuming it was pretty much the same the same overall format for you. Uh, yes and no. Uh, when I when I was a lad. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay no six to seven was the local news mm-hmm. that was well and by local i meant the capital city of the province i was in because i was just a tiny little town way north of said place but we still got it as a matter of fact we were quite happy when our town actually got featured on the news sometimes except that one time when that one guy did that one thing but you know that's another story entirely uh 11 o'clock was the national news and then I think at 11.30 was the late local, you know, for the, for the real night hours, night owls. Interesting. I'm trying to, I'm hmm, trying to remember if there was something like that or if that was, it must've been because, um, because 11, let me see if I remember right. Um, back in the day, I think 11.34. Five was when the late shows, uh, the late the late night talk shows started hitting, uh, hitting the air. So things like um, uh, Johnny Carson, Dave Letterman, uh, whatever whatever other stuff was going on at the time. So wow, damn, I'd forgotten about that block. Yeah, um, wow, but then shit. a few years, yeah, but then a few years later, uh, we started getting the morning news. Uh, in particular, we had a show. It was called Canada AM. This was on CTV. Which uh, and probably- that was the morning news show. That yeah. was news, weather, sports, uh, maybe a couple of puff pieces, you know, maybe the occasional guest, like celebrity or up-and-coming performer or some BS. Which- and that, that kind of became, you know, the, the, the morning news thing, which yeah. was fine. Here in the U.S., uh, uh, we had something very similar to that. Uh, there yeah. were uh, a lot of them. Uh, the most famous of which would be Good Morning America. So, mm-hmm. for those of us over here in the states, that's that's the kind of same thing. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much on the same board. Yeah, and nowadays, uh, like I get up in the morning, um, you know, about five thirty or six, depending on what I have to do in the morning. Uh, news is already on. Starts at five, runs till about nine, and yes. Every, there is a rehash, there is a repeat, but the reason for that is, you know, people get up at different times, they want to see the news. So yeah, there's a bit of rehashing and, and again, news, weather, sports, all local. Uh, maybe they talk a little bit about national news. Uh, sometimes I can catch them on, uh, okay, dude, you're, you're a little, your bias is showing, you know, (laughs) it happens. 
yeah, but you know, uh, even networks like that have to answer to their masters. And if their masters say, we're going to do this, you kind of have to fall in line. Uh, thankfully it's not always that bad. Uh, but yeah, so we've got, like I said, from about five to nine, you've got the news. Uh, then at noon, there's uh, a one hour news. And then from five to seven, there's uh, a national and then a local. And then I think at 10 o'clock, there's another one. So, but again, most of it is actually local news. It's not, you know, the whole national thing. Uh, no op-eds. Like, and, and this is the difference. You know, the, the network news is the news. Yep. It, 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 it's Walter Cronkite. You know, that's the way it is. Whereas a lot of what you see with CNN, Fox News, all the ones that I just rattled off before, they're all op-eds because they're trying to generate the traffic to pay the bills, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to get the ads out there, to get the eyeballs. You know, yeah. Because you get the eyeballs, you, <clears throat> you can drive up the charge for, you want your product placed. Well, you know, there, there's a lot of groups out there that really want to have all these eyeballs too. So, uh, how much do you want to pay? Yeah. So. And, and that's why, like, I don't look, I, I, well, okay. I used to watch MSNBC when I traveled because I'll say it. Maddo was somewhat entertaining until I found out just how much of a fricking loony she really was. Like as, as things came out about her claims and the fact that she, you know, was, deb- but the fact that she doubled and tripled down worse than a blackjack addict Sorry, you know, you're, you're done. Like she is one of those poster children for, uh, the derangement syndrome that I was talking about before, you know, just they're so dead. But the thing is when you've spent since 2016 to now ragging on the guy constantly, you know, even after the fact and as each thing is sort of debunked or new evidence comes out that contradicts what you've been saying. And you just keep going at it because it's all you've known. It, it was your cash cow for the longest time. See, that was the big thing with CNN is that the, the Trump bump, they called it where if you just mention him, you get them clicks, you get them views, you get that ad revenue, you get the engagement, but then people got sick of it because a new evidence B, must you rehash this over and over again? You know, it, it's, it, it's like watching a rerun of the same thing all the time. You know, great for the first Star Wars movies, not so great for this. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway. Well, anyway. But, eventually, but eventually people just got burned out on it and just said, okay, you know what, we're done. What else you got? Like, you know, the economy's in the, in the gutter. Crime's up. This scandal, that scandal, why aren't you talking about that? But, and then they always try to spin it back to, well, it's Trump's fault. Wait, what? This is not six degrees of Kevin Bacon. This is, this happened. Tell us about this. Don't, don't try to spin it back to your old nemesis that is a dried up prune in the corner that's growing mold. Alternatively. With, without leaving from that one, alternatively, 
If you're going to go ahead and make that claim, back it the fuck up. Oh, hell yes. Or back the give, fuck up. Give me the receipts. Yep. That's and, the biggest thing I want from any of this is like, not, you're going to start talking about this. I want the source and I want the unbiased source. What's the rule? If you make the claim, get three sources, three different sources from three different areas that may be known for different biases so that you can get something to distill the real facts out of. Yep. The, there is, uh, I've used this on so fucking many occasions and I've had to actually literally, not figuratively, literally type this out on many an occasion when people have pissed me off with stuff. This is a school yard grade school taunt, but it's still right. Put up or shut up. Oh, hell yeah. And, you know, it, it never, it never stops getting old for me how incredibly correct that is. Even though five-year-old kids will say it's, you know, grade school kids will go ahead and they'll use it. Put up or shut up. Yeah, prove and, it. And they're not like, saying, you know, this to cuffs at five paces. No, man. You, you want to go ahead and you want to talk shit about something? Fine. Show me that you're right. Yeah. Show me oh. that you're right or fuck off. Yeah. Although you, you're really not allowed to get away with saying that. Well, <laughs> you didn't go to my school. <laughs> well, I um, mean, yeah, but at the same time, you know, the teachers don't really look good on that. You know, people my age telling kids to fuck off at this. I, I yeah, that's true. Don't think it's going to go over. Yeah. Uh, two things. Uh, the George Costanza motherfucker I was talking about. Oh, Jim Acosta. Were- <laughs> Jim Acosta was his name. <laughs> Did you actually go tappity tappity looking it up for yourself? No, nope, did, you, did it nope, finally I pulled just... that one? It, it finally clicked. I, I just kind of obsessed over this guy because I know just how much of a douche nozzle this guy was. All right, fair enough. Back in the day, fair enough. Secondly, and this goes out to um, a particular uh, news organization and a particular personality from said news organization. Uh, yeah, uh, th- th- this is for Jank Uger from the the Young Turks. The phrase Google it is not proof. So if that's how you substantiate your claim by telling somebody to quote unquote Google it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that is not legal tender in the world of evidence. You know, how he's... about you Google it and present said information? Because if you can't do that, then you're done fucked up, son. God. I'm sorry. The, the thing that pisses me off is if I, I will admit I have trimmed back a lot of my piss me off uh, YouTube viewing. Mm-hmm. Same here. But God damn it. He, he is one of the people where I would have thought he, he should be better than that. He, I, he was. He was. I remember back in the day when the Young Turks was a little more legitimate than they are now. They did go after the facts. They did go after, you know, they, they did try to do the thing. 
but he's got caught up in the narrative in I must push this. It must be he's again, he's another victim of TDS and he's got it bad. And, uh, who was his, his partner in crime, Anna Kasparian. Uh, Oh, (laughs) and there's some, there's some shit there because, uh, what, what's the massacre? The, the young Turks is named after, uh, it's not Serbian. Is it Croatian? No. Some kind of a massacre. Armenian. That's it. I think it was. Uh, Anna Kasparian is, is that race. Like, that, that's her ancestry. Okay. And yet she's, she's working for a show that's named after a group that caused the near genocide of people that she is ancestrally related to. This, ladies and gentlemen, is called Choking on the Irony. But, you know, that's another story entirely. Um, But no, just recently, she kind of crawled out of that uh, sort of narrative thing to the point where she's actually now exploring. She's learning. She's actually thinking a little more critically now about current events. So she's not just seeing it through one lens anymore. She's evolving if you will and that's cool yeah that's cool we can respect that yeah whereas some people are still stuck in the you know only vote this way because everything on the other side is bad well what if they come up with this particular kitchen no 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 everything there is bad you know it's like oh just just shut up and obey you know almost religious really when you think about it, there is there is a lot to be said, and yeah, you know, it, I will I will admit to a certain level of that for myself for my voting record currently. Yeah, however, here in the states, for me, my way of looking at the voting system, the, the groups of who to, whom to vote for, whom? Fuck it, I'm going with it, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Engl- I told you, English is weird. Mm-hmm. Fucking brutalizes everything else. In the, uh, all right. I will admit that for me, voting choices have been directly influenced by the largest picture that I can look And Mm -hmm. less at the local level. I know that is probably not, quote unquote, the best way of trying to investigate this stuff. But it is the best way that I know how to deal with stuff for having seen what I have to date. Yeah. Now... Uh, like I said, I will admit it's not necessarily the best way, but it's yeah. the best of what I've got to. Yeah, and, and given how the voting system works down there, from from what I know, uh, you're kind of hamstrung. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, now, are you familiar with the phrase "kitchen table issue"? 
Sort of. I know I've heard it, and I know I've had it defined for me before. But at, at the moment, uh, at the moment, we've just crossed over two a.m. local, so brain is getting <laughs> a little fuzzy, and we do need to see about wrapping. Okay. So you go ahead, uh, yeah. explain, and and we'll see about wrapping right from. Okay, so so a kitchen table issue, to my knowledge, is basically these are the things that would matter to the common person the blue collar, the moderate, the, the lay person, things like jobs, the economy, uh, more locally, your infrastructure, your, your quality of life, just in your, in your town and your community. I've seen politicians say that, you know, we, we want to talk about the kitchen table issues. Good. These are the kinds of politicians you need. You know, the, the business, okay, no, strike that. Not, not people who came up from the blue collar or who understand business at its core as a service to the people are the people that really should be getting into politics because, and especially people who come up from the blue collar into that. These are the kind of people that should be in office because they know the struggles of the people they're about to represent, which would give them incentive to actually do something for those people. Now, unfortunately, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a dark side to this. We have had a couple of blue collar people who have come into that. I won't mention any names, but suffice it to say the second they got a taste of that, Mm, that 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 sweet sweet congressional benjamin yeah fuck the people i'm in this for me and you know that's shakespeare power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely and then they're the ones that are now off spouting this weaponized misinformation and conveniently hiding certain facts that are quite readily available if if a YouTuber can destroy a congressperson's argument with a simple search, that is not a good look. That is a very bad look. And my hat's off to people like that. People who actually do, do the work, who do the searching, who, who find those facts to contradict these people. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, Stephanie, you're right. The, the whole thing about kitchen table politics pretty much uh, described Biden's State of the Union speech. I can't say anything to that because I didn't really hear it. I didn't, I didn't listen to it, but uh, I hope so. But at the same time, you know, can you tear that apart? Can, can you dive into that to see how accurate he is? You know, he, he, he created all of this. Okay, did he? Great. If he did, great. What, you know, think about job creation. You know, we, we created millions of jobs. Okay, great. What kind of jobs were they? Were they, you know, sustaining good jobs where people are going to be able to make a decent living? Or are these, you know, working at McDonald's for seven bucks an hour? Because if that's what it is, yes, it may count as a job, but... Uh, Yes, you're, you, you're, you're factually correct, but... <laughs> yes, because there is a difference between 
a job and a living. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Um, we gotta, uh, we, we gotta, we gotta wrap up. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> but, um, let me, let me leave off the, with, uh, with this for us. Dallin, Dallin said it right. Disinformation is not just giving choice information. It's also withholding choice information. It's the gambit that you're not going to, you're not going to actually fill in those holes, the gap in knowledge that I'm intentionally leaving out because it's going to sway a group and, and, when I say sway you, I mean a group, the royal you for a second. And you're going to go down a direction that I want. And once the inertia sets in for that, it's not going to matter if it gets called out as being incorrect. The inertia will set in. And with enough nudging, a particular direction, eventually things change course. This is, this is orbital mechanics at a societal level. Every little bit influences in space. Hell, the pressure of the photons from the sun influence how things orbit. So to think that we are immune from these things having happened... There's a word for that called humor. It will always bite you in the ass. You don't want that. We're all going to be caught. We're all going to be duped at some point. It's just the nature of the beast. It will happen. Don't be, don't ever think that you're a bad person if you get caught. Because as it's been pointed out, if you get conned by a con man, there is no, there is no shame in that for you. You don't feel shame at being tricked by a magician. There's no shame in crying at a play. There's no shame in being conned by a professional con artist. All you can do is the best that you can do. To be warned ahead of time, not to be scared, but to be sure that when the time comes for you to figure out what's missing, you know how to do it. We spatted out things like, you know, Google, check Snopes, uh, check a dictionary, check a, an encyclopedia, ask a professional. All well and good for us to go ahead and make these specifics. The most important part is there are avenues. If you don't know how the answer should be answered, ask. 
Ask someone who deals in knowledge. Support your library. Because those are one of the best resources you have out They're the keepers of knowledge. And it's free for the taking. Good quality stuff. Keep that in mind. In the meantime, like I said, it is uh, O-Dark Stupid over here at Casa del Tribble. And I need to get out of here. And surprisingly, I am still actually liking the drink that I had tonight. So, um, go me! <laughs> I actually had uh, a malt beverage, technically beer, according to what the label says. And I'm saving it so I can have some tomorrow. That's a good thing. Everybody, thank you very much for being with us. As always, we hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. You got something to think about for the week ahead. So, Stephanie, sorry you were the only one over there tonight. I don't know where anybody else was, but glad you were able to make it. You take care of yourself. Stay, stay warm there and stay dry all possible. Stay healthy. I'm sure that Bridget would remind you, um, N95 mask, good. KN95 mask, still good. Just be careful out there. Again, thanks. And Dallin, holy shit. Um, A, you made it. B, you made it to the end. So, yeah. you know, twofer here. <laughs> so, seriously, I, I really do. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, it, it's good to get into. Uh, it felt good to be back in the groove. Um, and yeah, maybe the topic was a little softball, but at the same time, it was. It kind of felt fun, sort of, to get back to the roots of it all. You know, like you yeah. know, you, you call it a milk toast topic, but no, this is this is what we were built for. This is what this is the kind of stuff that needs to be discussed. It lacks the flash, but it's the quality. This is. This is the good stuff, you know? Yeah, to a certain but, degree, this uh, is this is also kind of uh, part of the stuff that really got us started. Mm-hmm. It was. Like I said, back to the roots. Yeah. But yeah, no, this was fun tonight. Um, as for myself, I owe you guys an awful lot of audio over at holycraptheblogcast.com. Uh, I've got the backlog. I've... Honestly, my weekends just kind of disappear on me, and work's been insane uh, and I'm also working on a new thing uh, maybe you want to pimp this out uh, I am I am the voice of venture which is a YouTube series outlining um, the rise and fall of businesses business people and some of the scandals that surround them it's a fun thing it's not my thing like in other words I'm not the one that actually creates the content itself I am just one piece of it uh, but it's fun. It's kind of thought-provoking, and uh, the video production team that works on it, uh, they do some absolutely great stuff, so you might want to check it out. We've got a new one coming out uh, shortly, and it's on everybody's favorite Batman and his trading cards. Let's just put it that way. It was fun to do. Let's just put it there. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'll make sure that we add that over to the show notes for future, sure because, I mean... Yeah, got a part of the reason for doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the record, like I said, I did make a specific ask 
uh, for Dallin to be here because otherwise it would have been just me for two hours and nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. Trust me. Uh, Bridget, uh, I don't know that she's going to be back next week. Um, maybe I'll keep you guys informed as to what ends up happening. But, uh, Hunt, you take care of yourself if you're listening. Beyond that, um, I think that'll pretty well cover us for this week. Uh, I do have to recognize, of course, that, yes, Valentine's Day is, is next week as of the recording of this show. Yes, we recognize that for some of you out there, you don't have a significant other currently. It's okay. For a lot of folks, you know, it's tough to be. For me, it's been it's been a long tough road. I'm still where I am, and it still sucks. But just remember, we're here for you. Maybe not necessarily in a romantic fashion, but we're here for you. We're going to continue to be here for you as as long as we can. See how it plays out. Just thank you for being part of the group. Take a swing on over to holycrapthevlogcast.com and you'll have all the links over there to be able to join us. In the show notes, you will also have the link for the Discord server, which feel free to drop over in there and, and say hi. Or more appropriately, if you need to say, hey, I need somebody to listen to me. The phone number, if you'd like to drop a voicemail message, is 859-HCTV-554-859-4288-554. And yes, the audio version of the podcast is still available at the website. And yeah, we'll see about getting an update when that happens. We don't call them the audio bitch for nothing, because... When the audio doesn't come down, somebody's bitching. I don't understand why. This is all voluntary shit, man. Unless you're actually paying us money, and there's only been really one time that that's happened. Piss off. I'm being nice about I'm it. I'm the audio bitch here. I'm the video bitch at work. You know, and it, it works out well. Now I'm also the audio bitch for another YouTube channel. <laughs> there, there you go. But but you're not the audio engineer. Just 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 serving them up your your wonderful. Yeah, although, I'm, yeah, and I'm the engineer for everything else, so, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. So in the meantime, you all take very good care of yourselves. Just please be safe, please stay healthy, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again come next week. So until that point, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And my lady... It is too damn many years later, and I am still, I am still terribly. Matane Fujin, I love you, miss you, dream of me. And for you all, until the next time we're together, always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, 
Thank you for listening.